went. Down the rivers, we crossed the plains. Over the mountains, we forded streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. God help those who stood in the way of business and progress and the USA. the USA. This is how the West was fucked. Welcome to How the West Was Fucked, a weekly examination of the fucked up fuckery of the 19th century American West. We'll be talking mountain men, explorers, cowboys. Gunslingers, and the native tribes who had to suffer all these fucks. So this is how the West was fucked. cocksucker. Andy, did you what? see? Uh, did you see on the podcast metrics we have like one rogue listener from uh, what is it, Amsterdam or something? Yep. Like everybody else is from the states, <laughs> but there's like one listener from. <laughs> One dude. I think we just got up to 200 listens yesterday. I mean, I've listened to everything about 150 times. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's, so maybe 10 from people. Well, I I mean, there's been at least seven people that I know that are starting to listen to us and follow us and are giving us commentary, like usually when they're drunk. So, yeah, it'll be uh, like more impressive once we get above the numbers that were killed at like these massacres and stuff. So, Tony, oh. Oh, wait. Yeah, we, Welcome to How the, the West Was Fuck. Fuck. Uh, well, that well, was. Oh, you, you didn't fuck it up, so we fucked it up. That was a little. Start over. No. <laughs> Jesus. I swear. So, Tony, no, what do you know reverse. about Sand Creek Massacre in uh, Shivington King of Arseholes, as I call him? <laughs> Shivington King of Arseholes. <laughs> yep. I've never heard of this massacre. I believe it was stricken from the record that was taught to me in school. Oh. Or you didn't get taught yeah. it at all. If you were in Colorado, you would know maybe more about it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. There's a chance. In fact, on the way here on the train, uh, apparently there's a statue in front of the state house in Colorado, and there was a petition, oh, remove that statue of fucking Chivington, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not a statue of Chivington. It's just a generic just a generic, generic uh, Civil War soldier. Oh, now on the plaque underneath it, um, Chivington's name is on there because he was the Civil War soldier before he became a fucking human rights violator of the highest Century. order. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, but we'll get to that. It's um, a, that. That's an interesting little neighborhood when you drive through it, though. There's like all sorts of fun homeless people crossing the street in the middle of the night right there, too. So that's right in front of the Capitol. Really? In Denver. Yeah. Right, Andy? Um, right. I I think the major problem of this entire story is Colorado, to be honest with you. Really? But I may be biased. <laughs> Was it like Colorado we, we some giant beef with fucking Wyoming or what? Of course, the Greenies. I, I didn't. But maybe, maybe maybe they were responsible, you know? We'll get into that, I guess. Uh-oh. Not enough mega hats. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, so... It could be. All right, so where, where where do we begin? We'll start reading like an automaton and we'll... Okay, well, the the Cheyenne and the Rapparo, uh those are the, uh, the uh, native population we'll be discussing. 
both kind of closely allied. Both were kind of farmers living in Minnesota and eastern North Dakota until the 18th century when the Sioux kind of came and kicked everybody out of that area yeah. and they kind of went uh, west and south and Wyoming well, and even, Colorado and all that area. Even the Sioux themselves kind of yeah started it in, uh, there and then got pushed onto the plains too like later on. Yep. 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 And they kind of, um, early 1800s, they kind of got divided into the northern and southern bands there. So there's actually, a, what, about 10 different bands all together. Kind of like the Sioux, there's like fucking 18 yeah. of them. Mid- Mid- Midikonju and all sorts like, of different yeah. names for everybody. Just constantly on tour. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Doing the festival scene. Yeah. Uh, early 1800s, the uh, Cheyenne kind of lost about, a, was it about a half of their people from Colorado? Mm-hmm. So yeah, smallpox gets all the fucking all the thing, and once again, god damn it! Every time I say the word smallpox, I'm so sick of the anti-vaxxer shit. Oh, smallpox never killed nobody. Yeah, <laughs> tell that to fucking most of the native population of this country. But yeah. anyway, I digress. Is Colorado named after cholera? Yep, mm, I thought so. Yes, mm-hmm. I fucking knew it. <laughs> they wanted to name Colorado Idaho for the longest time. Idaho is just a made-up word. Yeah, nobody can figure out where the word came from. It was like in some book that some senator liked at some point. But we all know the spelling in this time was kind of fast and loose. Anyway, in fact, later on, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a a, a quote from Kit Carson, and the, and the spelling is fucking awesome. I'm gonna try to do it, you know, phonetically the way it's spelled out. But Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1825, the government imposed a quote unquote. Friendship Treaty, which allowed a road to be <laughs> built fucking on this, <laughs> built through the Cheyenne and Sioux hunting grounds. Uh, that's kind of how the uh, the two bands got separated in north and south. Uh, still, all through all that, they kind of were uh, halfway friendly with Whitey. Yeah. Uh, 51 was the Fort Laramie Treaty. The infamous Fort Laramie Treaty. Uh, yep. So... A lot of a lot of the uh, native tribes showed up. It was kind of a pretty impressive for its day. Not all of them showed up, and not all the chiefs that signed on to it were actually real chiefs that anybody respected or even you know. Well, <laughs> any of that. it's not like you know in Native American society. It wasn't like full on like elections and stuff like that. And sometimes a chief was a peacetime chief. Sometimes a peace or a wartime chief. So you know, some societies had more than one. I mean, it's. A, a way different structure than we're used to, and uh, definitely like the uh, you know whitey from the 1800s was definitely not used to that. And they're like, present, oh, who's your leader? And they'll be like, well, this guy at the moment, you know, is all right, hard and fast, you know, just right. Like, I believe the shy. I believe the Cheyenne had 44. Was it a quorum yeah. of 44? Yep, they had the, Is that what it was? Yeah, so it was a lot of guys. You're yeah. Right, right. So, and some of them, like as well as saying, we're all about signing on to this shit, but a good number of them were not. So I love how the 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 fucking you know European people came here and they like just like looked at the way other people were living and and I don't know like cookie cut their own society into it so they're like oh they that must be the chief that's the guy that yeah, you go yeah. to it's like I mean I, what how what the fuck makes you think that there's just one dude that's fucking like, colonialism in a yeah. nutshell anyway let's look at India or, you know uh, uh, Britain and India and you know. The That's Dutch even more atrocities there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the Indians kind of did the same thing, too, and said, like, well, why the fuck would you kill all of us? Yeah. <laughs> I, we didn't think you would kill all of us. Yeah. We're peaceful. Well, and the other <laughs> thing is, you know, like the way warfare is waged, and we've brought this up before, 
You know, some of these societies, A, it was kind of an unheard of thing. If you were going to war with another tribe, you weren't going to war with them to wipe them from the face of the fucking earth. You were going to steal some horses or maybe steal some people or claim some territory back, but you weren't going to full-on annihilate them. I liked what you were saying about, what was it, Modoc War, I think, where like the their their thing was like, Oh, look how close I got to this guy, and then oh. ran away. Well, like, that's that's everybody. Like, uh, that, that was a big thing with the Plains tribes is counting coup, you know, and you'd ride up and, like, touch them when they'd have either a riding crop or a special stick or yeah. a rifle butt, and that's you had bigger balls if you rode up and just whacked a guy and, like, you know, and then, then rode off. off. Then yeah. if you just shot him from 50 yards, they're like, they, they consider that a little more pussy-ish. Totally. You man. know, sometimes, you know, you, you needed to actually kill a guy to get something done, but you would get more accolades if you just go count coup on somebody. Yeah, it's, it's like when you're, you know, me and my brother, when we were kids, you know, when you throw a rock at somebody from far away, you're like, oh, it's cheating. Like, yeah, yeah. You run up and like, oh, gotcha, and then run off. It's like, yep. you know, you're a tough guy. Yeah, I'd just take an axe after my brother. That kind of evened the playing field. Jeez. Totally. <laughs> well, yeah, Tommy was do you, do you miss him? Uh, oh, he pulled through. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so okay. we were talking about the peace, uh, Laramie Treaty, and the signing thereof. Oh, yeah, and uh, treaties. How those usually worked, uh, just in general, that uh, you know the Indians would go on the war path. Uh, they would the Whitey would invite them in for a treaty, knowing full well they're they're not going to keep any of their promises. Uh, the Indians would basically just show up for the free gifts. And not change any of their <laughs> activities because it didn't mean anything anyway. So just kind of a big old dance. Or in some cases, like, I, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm kind of really painted. Some of these guys were operating as what they figured were good faith actors. Uh, it seems like Black Kettle was kind of about that. It was like, okay, we'll stop, you know, hunting buffalo and stuff and we'll farm because, you know, because the government's like, okay, you're going to start farming. Now we'll help you by giving you meat and other supplies and stuff like that. But you're going to keep, you're going to keep to the reservation and you're not going to go raiding or doing any, you know, you're not going to basically be wandering back onto your own land where now white settlers are, is what they're about to. <laughs> but then when they'd have like a crop failure or some shit like that, and they'd go to the Indian agents like, hey, look, we need some assistance because there's not enough food to go around. It would get ignored. So what do they do? They go back out and buffalo hunt because that's what you fucking do. Well, that was then seen as a violation of the treaty even though the first violation was the fact that they didn't give them the supplies that were promised in the first place. Uh yeah, that was, uh, we'll get into that with the uh, Sioux uh, uprising, and uh, that was 62, and that kind of set off all this other shit that we're going to be talking about. That was uh, two years after is the Sand Creek, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're doing these out of order. Yep. Basically. Uh, yeah, suppose, uh, after the, you know, 49 gold rush that uh, people were using that Oregon Trail a lot more, so that's why they kind of had to get the Fort Laramie Treaty going. They wanted the tribes to stay in their designated areas, which is... I don't know if you really wanted to do that if the uh, buffalo were just on the other side of your territory yeah. and you wanted to actually eat for the winter. Well, you know, you got to you got to stick with the treaty though, even though it makes no sense and is completely arbitrary lines drawn by people who don't understand and don't give a shit. Yep. So uh, some uh, like they were promised money too that was never delivered on. And right. Still waiting for. Oh yes. Yeah. So that kind of the uh, Cheyenne area was between the North Platte and the Arkansas rivers from the Rockies to like West Kansas. So that's Southeast Wyoming, Southwest Nebraska, most of Eastern Colorado, West Kansas was all, all that territory now. Mm-hmm. But there was something called the Pikes Peak Gold Rush in 58 to 61 ish. And that kind of meant a uh, hundred thousand settlers coming in that area. 
pretty much like the the the, uh, the Amazon boom here, mm-hmm. only with more rifles and cholera. Yep, less <laughs> less hipsters, I guess. Yeah, less less iPhones. Wild and, times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. cholera was pretty hip back then, though. Yeah, oh. everybody was doing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> along with that good old syphilis. Oh. <laughs> oh, did you get to listen to that episode yet, Andy? By the way, since you were missing, we did. We did the. Syphilis. I did not listen. To, did you do a, v, a VD one? Yeah. Yeah, you got to check that one out. That's a that's a heartwarming. I got to check that one out. I think I missed that one. All right. <laughs> yeah, it'll make your dick fall off. Yep. Uh, just by listening. Uh, Sixty one. Oh, go ahead. What Colorado or cholera? Ah! Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's all you. <laughs> Magic internet. Uh, Sixty one. Uh, Colorado governor convinced Black Kettle and White Antelope. Uh, some of the Cheyenne chiefs to sign an agreement to give up uh, large tracts of their prime hunting land that became Denver. So yay for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically those guys were the peace chiefs. And uh, most of the other chiefs, uh, they kind of fell into the dog soldier camp. And Which I love. We're still raiding well after this I love the well th- after thing with too. the dog soldiers. Uh, it's one of those things growing up I never really heard it's pretty, much about. It's pretty gangster. Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They're like hybrid humans, right? They they kind of wish they would that had been more well maybe not more awesome but it'd been different awesome but no um you know they were an offshoot of an original you know there's a lot of like warrior societies and all these different tribes and dog soldiers used to be just another run of the mill one of those but then they kind of um, got kind of like super militarized and like super kind of extreme I wouldn't call it extreme political views just extreme in like fuck you we're not giving our land to Europeans and you know but one of the things they're famous for is they'd wear, like, a long sash around them, and when they were getting in a fucking battle, they'd carry a special, like, arrow. They'd get off their fucking horse and stake the sash to the ground, like, pin it in place like a tether. So it's... Oh, so they're it's stuck indi- to it, like... It's indicating I'm not fucking leaving this spot until Holy I'm either shit. dead or you're fucking dead. Holy shit. So these guys were kind of, like, pr- pretty pretty hardcore. Pretty hardcore. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so black and these were the and these were the younger guys too, right? I think at, at the beginning part of this at the beginning story is yeah. like the uh, yeah the elders are well at the beginning they were younger guys, but didn't uh, Red Curl out? I believe eventually joined because I think they started out as a she- right, Cheyenne afterwards. Yeah, when they started out as a Cheyenne group, and then later it became a mixed like Cheyenne and Lakota kind of group. So yeah, and basically they're just kind of young legion. guys on their own and kind of you know you will ride eternal shiny and chrome yeah but but if i'm yeah <laughs> on the streets of Valhalla, yeah. it, it's always it's always the young guys yeah know, fucking it up you know no so they were guessing black kettle was born between 1803 to 07 uh he fought plenty of kiowa and pawnee as his day those were the cheyenne's kind of mortal enemies back in the day uh 54 he became chief uh and then in March uh, 63, uh, other chiefs, not him, but they went to meet Lincoln, and uh, Lincoln tried to convince him to farm, saying that's where the whitey got his power from anyway. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, 49, Colorado took half of the Cheyenne. That's what I, uh, did I say that before? You said something, something about like Colorado that. taking half, or Andy said something about Colorado taking them, or somebody said something about Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado's just bad, man. It's going to be a gnarly way to die. Uh, 61, Colorado became a territory, became a state in 76. First governor was John Evans. He was a wealthy Illinois doctor. Evanston is named after him. He was one of the founders of Northwestern University. He was a friend of Lincoln. 
Also, he was made the superintendent <laughs> of the Indians. His turn-ons include long walks in the sagebrush. <laughs> mm-hmm. And killing Indians. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, did we do our, uh, this is like the most brutal oh, yeah. of all. I forgot. Yeah, we were going to do a disclaimer. Um, this is what we know. We already do pretty rough and ready with the with the disturbing shit around here. But this is your official fucking trigger warning. There is some atrocious, atrocious shit that we're going to be reading verbatim the descriptions from the time. And it, it's it's fucked up. It's like some human centipede level. Yeah. Get get like a handle of whiskey and just cry into it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> So just just be aware. Wait, is that about to happen right now? No, it, we're we're building up to it. But oh, good. We want, we want we'll give it, we'll, before we really launch into it. We'll take we'll, a break. We'll so be I'm like do some drugs. And we'll, we'll be like back. warning, warning, warning. You know, and then <laughs> then we'll launch into it. But uh, yeah. it's just your, your pre pre warning. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, most of the Plains Indians thought farming was women's work, basically. Um, it is right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking with you. Uh, there was also rumors about uh, like the the Plains tribes uh, uniting and thinking of uh, some sort of big old attack on on everybody too. Which is usually a common theme whenever you had any kind of Native Americans in any numbers around any kind of settlement. Yeah, like, they're just plotting a huge attack. And also, the Confederates were trying sure. to kind of militarize uh, some of the tribes too. They actually yeah. the the Cherokees went and fought for them. Yeah. So that that was. One of the other rumors. Yeah, once again, we got to remind everybody, yeah, the Civil War is actively going on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that time. So there's not just, uh, that's the biggest thing is, uh, while the Civil War was going on, as we've talked about in the past, Washington, D.C. had a hard time sending enough soldiers to meet the demand for security forces and whatnot in the West. There, You know, everybody was kind of in the East fighting the Civil War. So whoever got sent out West was, A, they weren't very well supplied. There weren't a lot of them. Usually they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, or they'd make these ragtag volunteer forces that were pretty much a bunch of criminals anyway. Yeah, drunks and criminals, and they would only go for like 100 days at a time. So if that 100 days was coming up, you'll see that quite often. They'll just go attack somebody just to say that they did something. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. I just had a thought. I was wondering when the last Civil War uh, veteran passed away, Uh and I looked it up. 1956, August 2nd. Wow. That motherfucker was in the Civil War, yeah. and he, that's fucking crazy, and he died in 56. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been like, watching, like, honeymooners and shit. Yeah, dude, yeah. like television, <laughs> cars, fucking, like, vibrators. All that shit. Vib- I'm like, sure they were, gas that, by the time he died, there probably, I know there had already been several movies made about the Civil War. That's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sorry. Cool. Uh, so, we could take a break real quick, even though we're not that far in, but when we come back, it's... Mr. John Shivington, come yeah. on down. Yeah, You're the next. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck you. You're the next contestant on How the West Was Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Are you lonely since your wife was captured by Apache Raiders? Well, she was probably gang-raped and scalped and killed, so it's time to move on. Log into SettlersOnly.com, the Wild West's most premierest dating site. There's plenty of eligible mates out there since the smallpox killed half our wagon train. 
You don't have to die from cholera at SettlersOnly.com. How the West was hot. How the West was cursed. All right. Are we so back? Bullet. All right. Hit it. Yeah, we're back. Okay. John Chivington, the fighting parson. Ooh, parsnip. The fighting parsnip. Yeah, parson. That's fine. <laughs> Now, this guy is a fucking asshole. He might be Grand Wizard of fuckers. Yeah, that's the thing. We talk, I mean, the, basically the premise of this podcast is people doing fucked up shit. I mean, he's one of these, like, upper level, like, you know, gold star fucking elite members of the asshole fucking brigade. Well, the Shiv was named after him, too. Mm-hmm. He wishes. I mean, it's probably, this guy would probably claim some shit like that if he had known what a Shiv was. Sweet. Because he's a... Uh, Douchebag. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, Colonel John Shivington, let's go into his background. What what were sh- douchebags back then? Was it just like a <laughs> buffalo bladder? And- well, it was sheep, yeah, sheep bladder full of moonshine. Okay. All right, we got He's that straight. a real straight. sheep bladder full of moonshine, <laughs> if you know what I mean. He was born in 1821 in Lebanon, Ohio. A uh, former Methodist preacher. He was drummed out of uh, Kansas Oakey territory with his fiery abolitionist preachings. So that's the one, okay, the one fucking redeeming thing I was able to find about John Shivington is he was at least an abolitionist. Yes. Okay, but, so I've said my one nice true. thing now, but, and we're done doing that. Yeah, he was probably an but it, asshole but it's, about it's that, that, that too. It's kind of that bizarro. It's that bizarro world where, though, you could be anti-slavery but out scalping Indians, and there was no disconnect, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. It's weird. <laughs> Kind of that era. Mm-hmm. His pappy fought uh, Tecumseh at the Battle of Tippecanoe. He wanted to follow in his footsteps. His father died when he was five. Huh. Uh, good thing he uh. didn't quite follow that part. Uh, wasn't quite particularly religious in his youth, but became ordained in his early 20s. Uh, so he was kind of a frontier minister in Illinois, Missouri, kind of opening up churches and starting them up. Uh, fifty Which sounds like the perfect way if you, one was so inclined to kind of build your own cult. It's like, hey, I'm the only religion you have for miles. Mm-hmm. Scared, you know, quasi-Christian people come, you know. Yeah. Uh, 56 pro-slavery parishioners sent him a threatening letter to stop the anti-slavery sermons. Uh, so they were getting ready to tar and feather him. But uh, he went up to the pulpit uh, with a Bible in a hand and two pistols on his hip and said, By the grace yeah, of boy. God. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> By the grace of God and these two revolvers, I'm going to preach here today, end quote. Okay, that's a pretty that's a pretty good quote. Yeah. I got to <laughs> hand him that. <laughs> He's got a couple words. He has a, yeah, it's <laughs> significantly fucking worse. Then uh, after that, the church moved to Omaha for a year and then on to Denver in uh, 1860. So he was uh, first joined, uh, asked to join the first vol- uh, volunteers in Colorado uh, with the Civil War as chaplain. And he said, I'd rather have a fighting position instead of a praying one. Yep. <laughs> so this guy's okay, like dude. also like, you know, 6'2 and like 250. He's kind of a big, well, that's always the, loud asshole. That's the disconnect I always get because in his pictures, I think it's just the scale of him because he looks like some kind of Ted Cruz puffy, like to, uh, in the words of Big Money like, Salvia. Yeah, he's kind of a beefy like guy. Like uh, I like the, when uh, Big Money Salvia, Butter Goblin. What do you call it? Oh, yeah, fucking he looks goblin. like a fucking Butter Goblin, <laughs> but with more facial hair. <laughs> 
But it, as it turns out, it's just a trick of the old-timey photography, and he's actually kind of a mountain of a man. Yeah, there wasn't too many... You know, if you're like six four, like Lincoln, you're you're skinny. I'm gonna grab know. my cowboy book so I can start showing Tony pictures. Oh, okay. I like picture books. Should I keep going? Yeah, yeah. he's a beefy okay. guy. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, he kind of was the uh, star of the. Uh, we talked about it that a little bit on the uh, uh, Kit Carson episode. He was kind of the star of the uh, only uh, battle of the Civil War in the Southwest in uh, New Mexico. New Mexico. Uh, basically, they uh, roped down a canyon and uh, destroyed their supplies, the Confederates. He looks like like the guy that invented fried chicken or something. Like this fucking pudgy baby man in that yeah. picture because it's cut off. That's it's just thing, a, it's there, a bust. And that's the thing is there's just way more torso and legs and stuff. You know, yeah, he looks just, really it makes po- him look short probably because his head's so round. He looks really poofy, but he also has a really fucking stupid haircut too. Yeah. It's just like sticking out on the sides, like a little Lord Fauntleroy kind of beady, and then beady he's like, little rat eyes. Yeah, beady little rat eyes, receding hairline. Oh, I took the uh, Fauntleroy. He, he does not look. Uh, you took the Fauntleroy ferry today. I took the Fauntleroy ferry, and the uh, what I always think of because um, you know there were local guys. They weren't lords, at least the, the Fauntleroy that this is named after. Yeah, but the Olympic Mountains. They they had uh, the Fauntleroy kids married two sisters. Uh, one was named Eleanor. One was named Constance. Uh, so one of the oh shit, Eleanor. Mount Eleanor. Yep. Yeah, Mount Eleanor is the smaller one because she had smaller titties, and Constance <laughs> had the bigger titties. So that's the bigger peak. Is that is that <laughs> like real <laughs> shit, or Very is that good. something you just kind of? I'd thought, say thought that's about. real shit. It's probably seventy percent. I'm skeptical about <laughs> the, the bus size <laughs> correlation, but. <sighs> what were we talking about? Oh, he, he does look like a little butter goblin. Though. Yeah, yeah. Except so what? He's six. What do you say? Six two, something like that. Yeah, yeah. which is fucking nuts for that t- that era. Oh yeah, everybody was like four foot five, weren't they? <laughs> well, not everybody, but a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you've ever been to like like uh, old old buildings that have more than one level. Like the stairs are always like really tiny. Uh-huh. The stairs are like really short and and deep. Well, go to some of these museums like with uh, with the uh, gear from the old cavalry guys. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's like skinny jeans for a twelve year old. Yeah, like and it was like. You know, loose fitting pants on these guys. You know, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, or like a Husky Stadium. Any of that, like any of the old old stadiums, or uh, the basketball one there, and they're like just insane that you have to sit that close. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Well, that has more especially to, do with, to drunk people too. That's has more to do with the size of the current American ass mm-hmm. than uh, you know. That's evolution, baby. Well, we've, we've it, made it to peak. Uh, uh, I seen a peak human <laughs> physical. I seen a shitty meme the other day where it's you know why don't Americans like to lose weight? Because it involves losing. Americans don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Hand me that taco. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so when Shivington gets back to Colorado, he's kind of like the war hero there, and then, you know things are looking up for him, and he's kind of like ready to be a fucking politician or some bullshit oh, yeah. like that. Well, and we, you, you kind of started to mention it, and then we oh, we interrupted you. Yeah, if you guys remember last week, we were talking about Kit Carson when they uh, bayoneted all the, like, what, 500 mules or some shit? Yeah, like a 1,000 horses. So, Like the old policy of, once again, you, you use bullets on, on men, but everything else, you just poke holes in it or bash its head in. Yep. Was the, was the policy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll be... We're getting... Yeah, we'll be getting there. <laughs> Uh, another player in the game was uh, William Byers. He was the editor of the Rocky Mountain News there in Denver. Wait, Will Byers? Yep. 
from, from Stranger Stranger Things. Holy shit! Did you say Rocky Mountain Noose? Yep. Cool. That's a weird they, name for a paper. Yeah, they always have like coupons for oysters there. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. That's what I should have had for brought for lunch. Uh, yeah, I'm fucking eating Colorado. I'm eating Rocky Mountain Dick right now. Yeah. So. No, you're eating uh, Polish Dick. Polish Dick, kielbasa. <laughs> uh, so he he kind of he was kind of the Fox News of its day, kind of given the. Uh, Real or imagined Indian uh, atrocities, like head page. Oh, you mean fair headlines. and balanced? Yeah, yeah. fair and balanced. <laughs> uh, here is a quote from him from April of 61. Quote, a civilized and enlightened people can well afford to remember that the tribes by which we are surrounded by are, are, are out are inferiors physically, morally, mentally, and that the commission of what we call war crimes assumes with them the merit of bravery and manly action. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, that's pretty pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's not quite calling them even people. Yeah, well. That's nice. Yeah. Where have I heard that before recently? Yeah. I don't know how manly he would be if he saw like a dog soldier running after him with a hatchet or something. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. It's, so, it's easy to talk shit when... Uh, when you're sitting in your yeah, office. It's like straight up internet trolling, only it took way longer to <laughs> get the troll out there. <laughs> It is a lot like that. Yeah, yeah totally. Like key- keyboard warriors. Yeah. Well, it's also uh, you know the chances of the people you're writing about reading that were pretty slim too. <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. slim. <laughs> so language, I heard you've been talking shit about me. Language barrier, general illiteracy, <laughs> and no access to the newspaper pretty much right. precludes anybody from writing an editorial back with a hatchet. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just. On a, on, a, on a aerial, on a yeah, uh, yeah, on an arrow that flies through the window. <laughs> Hatchetgram. <laughs> so, in other words, shit was uh, about to go down. So, uh, what might have started Sand Creek was a hunting party of Cheyenne came across some loose livestock. According to them, they were taking it back to the farm when loose livestock. Uh, when forty cavalrymen came on them. And a little fight ensued, and the ranch had said the Indians stole them. So, and then uh, soon after that, another cavalry detachment under a Lieutenant George Ear were out looking for some more stolen cattle. Ear said Shivington told him to kill any Indians he came across, so he burned and looted uh, two Cheyenne villages, killed uh, Chief Lean Bear, uh, who came forward in a friendly manner and was kind of holding up his peace medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just got shot. He's like, hey guys, how's it going? What do you want to hey, talk? Guys, what, hey, what? buddies, kapow, kapow. Yeah, pretty much. There's a lot of that that happens in, in this. Mm-hmm. It's like these these fucking guys that, that ran the the United States back then were just they if they if they didn't have positions of power they would have just been serial killers. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah th- that that that's what reading about this massacre reminds me of. A lot of it's like. It's on the edge. Oh, of there's, that some kind of fucking, stuff, man. With, with there's the, some fucking there's some fucking Ed Geenery going on. That's the, the shit yeah, about the guy sure. fucking stabbing fi- fifty fucking mules to death. Well, I mean that was a military necessity. Fifty of them. Those one were dude? mules. No, yeah, it, was, it wasn't one dude. It oh. was. I just imagine one guy like. Well, that fuck, one guy. Tired. That one guy is the butter goblin. Yeah. Do you think does he look like the kind of guy that has the stamina to stab a whole fifty? You know, uh, maybe he does. You know, maybe. his hate keeps him he's fucking just healthy. I getting guess. a fucking hate boner, just yeah. poking holes in the livestock. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Hate boners can carry you a long way. Yo. Yeah. Oh, uh, June eleventh in uh, eighteen sixty four, a white family was murdered by some rogue rapper hoes. Their mutilated bodies were taken to Denver and displayed. 
So that kind of whipped oh, nice. up the uh, blood frenzy there. Well, in reading about some of these, where they, uh, you know, they bring the bodies in and display them, because I think that's the one where they burn down the, like, okay, the guys were out riding, they see smoke coming from the homestead, and the one guy he's like, hey, don't, your family's most likely dead. Don't go home yet. We'll go into Denver and get some people, and we'll come back and check it out. And he's like, nope, you know, we went out there and was immediately killed. And they, like, found the bodies. Uh, but that's the thing is there's no witnesses to who actually did the killing, okay? And the way I read, like, you know, some of, some of the times I can't disbelieve that there's not a possibility that it could have been some other kind of, like, put-up job. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, oh, yeah. maybe hire some rogue highwaymen to butcher this family and make it look like Indians did it just so you can haul the bu- mutilated bodies into Denver and build more of a case. Going, I'm not saying that's what happened. Yeah, and a lot of I'm these wagon possibility, yeah. wagon train attacks too. They can't really, you know, if they don't leave any survivors, they're not going to yeah. know who to blame it on. And Red Cloud was pretty active at this time too, fucking shit up down well, there. Well, but they also bring up once again the Mountain Meadows massacre, where yeah, they definitely tried to blame that shit on the Indians. Mm, you yeah. know, oh, it, yeah. it, there was precedent for this. <clears> um, you know, so or the fucking Boston Tea Party. I mean, that was it was a thing that happened. Oh quite yeah, a bit. So you know. There's also Wait, it didn't happen at all? No, they do cosplay. There'll be white guys doing Indian cosplay. Oh, oh I see what you mean. Fuck, fucking shit up and then trying to blame it on the Indians. I see what you mean, yeah. That was it. Shit, the movie Maverick, they did that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Group of Indians, yeah. like, fucking fucked up this wagon train and stole a bunch of shit. And he went back and found him as a bunch of drunk white dudes with stupid looking paint on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Boston Tea Party, basically, it was, I can't remember, there were some of the founding fathers who imported the tea. That was their business. So they're kind of whipping people up and saying, nah, let's start a revolution because we don't want to pay these higher taxes. Right. The reason they had higher taxes because of, uh, you know, the all the Indian wars that they've been fighting for the first hundred years. Basically, we've been fighting the Indian war since 16-whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In one way or another. I don't want to say we. Yeah. I have you know, no. it was they, not them. my family. Yeah, shit. Anyway, back, okay. Back to uh, uh, so uh, Governor Evans telegraphs back east for help. None were available because they were fighting the real civil war. Uh, so they sent for Colonel Shivington, and Shivington uh, told his officers not to encumber themselves by taking prisoners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So essentially, that was uh, declaring open season on the Cheyenne. Uh, Governor Evans told the Coloradans to feel free to kill any Indian you deem hostile. Which, which was any if Indian. You, yeah, if you look at them funny or anything like, like that. And you get to steal their property after that, too. So. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so Governor Evans also issued a proclamation uh, telling f- the friendly Indians to report the safe spot to forts and whatever. Uh, more troops were added. Hold up your peace Indian- medals. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> uh, Come forward. Yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, there were more attacks on, on wagon trains, and uh, they cut the telephone line in and out of Denver, too, which kind of made it... Telegraph. Uh, they didn't have telephones yet. Cell phones. That's they what I said. Cell phone lines. Yeah. yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, more militant uh, wing. Uh, the dog soldiers kind of stepped up their shit, too, after that. Um, basically, like we said before, that... Chiefs didn't have any control of their young braves anyway. Yeah. And especially not now. And when a Repro chief uh, left hand tried to surrender at uh, Fort Larned, he was fired upon too. So you're. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to the fort and get yeah. fired upon. Hey, every, hey, everybody come into the fort. You'll be all safe. The minute somebody tries to do that, they're immediately shot. So, of course, nobody else tries to really go, you know. Why isn't anyone coming? Yeah. yeah. We, we, we made a sign for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
got punch and pie, bullets, smallpox blankets, <laughs> and cholera, and cholera, cholera, cholera cakes. <laughs> I just remember on The Simpsons, it was like uh, some sort of uh, like a street vendor going, cholera, get your cholera. What? I don't know. Oh, I thought, oh. <laughs> it's a flashback. Uh, William Bent, you might recognize that name of Bent's Fort. Uh, he urged, actually his son was, uh, I think his son was involved in all this shit because he, uh, William Bent had an Indian wife or Cheyenne wife. Uh, he urged Black Kettle to go in for safety. Um, it was accepted by Major Wincoop, who wasn't a dick. Yeah, yeah. Surprising. He'll come wow. up later. Yep. And you, he gets a real, you know, he gets actually kind of the reward that at this time you'd get for not being a dick, which is... Just get iced? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, no, that's the other guy. <laughs> oh, is that what, Wincoop? Uh, not Sewell? Wincoop. Well, let's... Okay, yeah, yeah that was yeah, Sewell. Yeah, Sewell. Yep. Never mind. Sorry. Yep. Spoiler alerts. Uh, so he took uh, some uh, Cheyenne down to Fort Lyon. Uh, themes seem to be progressing. Uh, Wincoop took Black Kettle and other chiefs to Denver to meet with Evans, and they even took a selfie. We'll put up a picture on online yep. there. Uh, Black Kettle offered to help convince uh, the militant guys to come in, and so the, the Cheyenne kind of leave Denver thinking everything's kind of copacetic, but uh, we'll find out not so much. Uh, but Evans actually told him in our very roundabout way to kind of cover his ass, since technically they were at war and he was just a mayor, it was kind of up to the army to to you know not kill him yeah uh, so like, he basically I can make all the local law I want but this is a federal yeah. <laughs> goings on yeah once you're outside Sydney limits you're yeah. you're fucked basically he didn't uh, want the anti-Indian voters not voting for him in the next election basically it's like right now you know like oh how do we get the Hispanic vote out there it's like I don't know uh, but then you know just. Got all the migrant detention camps. Like, I just don't understand why the Hispanic people don't vote for us. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, who could have thunk? <laughs> all right. Uh, so Colonel Shivington was there, too. He didn't say too much, though, except for bragging about his Indian fighting skills. Uh, Winecoop uh, kind of gave him back, uh, gave him half rations back at Fort Lyon, so things were looking good. Uh, Evans was back east, or actually he was, uh, visiting some youths first and then went back east, leaving Shivington in charge of everything. Good, good call. Yeah. <laughs> and then Shivington complained that Winecoop was being too nice. So he was removed and replaced by Major Scott Anthony, who basically agreed with Shivington on all these things. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a yes man. Mm-hmm. So Anthony took over at Fort Lyon, uh, started giving the Cheyenne less rations and then none. And told them to go hunt for buffalo. Even though they were supposedly agreed not to hunt for buffalo anymore. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, he gave them back some weapons, but whenever Indians turn in weapons, they're smart enough to, like, give back the ones that don't the, work. The shitty ones. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, in the, you know, back of the lodge, they've got, like, a nice, you know, Henry rifle or something. Well, not usually a Henry, but they have a decent rifle, and then they'll give them back an old, like, you know, their granddaddy's old, like, Fuck them, match it out or something. Yeah, yeah like it doesn't even work anymore. Some shit from the fur traders. Here you, you go. Know, hundred years before that. So this is important. They, he told them to specifically go to Sand Creek, and Black Kettle, being trying to be the nice guy, took him up on it. Uh, Sand Creek was thirty-five miles away. It Just was, an easy commute. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an ancient campsite with a good spring, even though the creek was sand. Yeah, yeah that's why they called it Sand Creek. They had a hundred or so lodges there. Um, the Rapparo had about ten. 
So that covered about a half mile long of the creek kind of spread out. About 500 people. And whenever you say 500 people, you kind of maybe cut it in third for like warriors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that depends on if you got a hunting party or something out or, you know, because at any given time, if you got most of the younger, more able-bodied male individuals out doing something, you're going to have like old men and young boys and then just women and babies, you know, is going to be 90% of it, so... Massacre fodder, in other words. Yep, and also it's the fact that, like, the dog soldiers, of course, were not with them. Like, pretty much their fucking Navy SEAL of the of the whole organization, they were not in this camp. Yep, they're just on their own, doing their own thing. Uh, there's a uh, theory that Anthony told them to go there specifically to keep them close, because they were going to do all this good stuff. Imagine that. It's like, go to this very specific spot within easy riding distance. You'd never go to a second location. Nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Post no guards. You have nothing to fear. Yep. <laughs> but fear itself. Mm-hmm. Well, and isn't it like, uh, you know, when Black Kettle, like, flying the uh, American flag over his lodge? Oh, with yeah. With a white flag to show friendly intent? Yep. That would be uh, the next couple paragraphs here. Oh, yeah. It's in that nice painting. We'll put that painting up, too. Uh, General Samuel Curtis was head of the Army uh, west of the Missouri. He told uh, Shemington that he want, uh, wants no peace at all, wants the Indians to suffer a little bit more. Uh, no peace must be made without my directions. Uh, Why's sh- it got to be so cryptic about what, he's, uh, yeah. what he wants? Yeah. <laughs> What's with the dog whistle, man? Yeah. Uh, Shemington also claimed that uh, the Indian agent there was t- telling them that he had problems with the Cheyenne for the last six months, and the Indian agent Collie there denied it later. So who knows? Um, Curtis did not outright call for that indiscriminate attack, though. Um, he did distinguish not to attack the good ones. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs> give, and, him, give him the side eye. Yep. Those are the good ones. Are you good? Yes. Are you a good one? <laughs> Liar! <laughs> halt! Who goes there? That's Frick. what a bad one would say. Friend or foe, you know. It's the fucking foe! Boom, boom, boom. So he, he even named uh, Chief Left Hand as one of the good ones. So Shivington did not- He sounds not, like a bad one, though. Yeah. Uh, Shivington <laughs> uh, um, kept all his movements secret, didn't tell Evans or, or anybody about it. So it took six days to go that 260 miles from Denver to Fort Lyon. Uh, this is east, kind of south, southeast of Denver there, out mm-hmm. in the prairies. Um, so once he gets to Fort Lyon, he throws up a picket around the uh, fort. Uh, basically, he had no jurisdiction there because that was part of the Arkansas uh, uh, division, I guess. Okay. No, to stop you. So, is is Sand Creek and Fort Lyons? These are, are these different things, or yeah. is there a fort near the encampment? Just a fort near. Yeah, the, uh, near the Sand near. Creek is okay. just an area. I mean, it's like an undeveloped okay. area. It's just kind of like low lying. Like you said, there was at least available water. So they wouldn't have to move and go get that. It was basically it was a place where they could stay without having to move. And whether okay. that's out of convenience for the cavalry to come massacre them, or just convenience for them, or you know, mm-hmm. who can say? Cool. Okay, gotcha. So uh, a lieutenant there, uh, Joseph Kramer, tried to explain that the Cheyenne camp near there were peaceful. Uh, Shemington just shook his fist and said. He had come to kill the Indians and believed it'd be honorable to kill Indians under any circumstance. What a dick. <laughs> wow. Uh, so Major Anthony was in charge there. He was surprised at Shivington being there. Uh, but he was all in for the fight, too. So he uh, 
gave them more soldiers and made it about 750 uh, ready for the attack. Uh, Major Anthony said he still wouldn't kill any of the good ones too, but he brought along 23 days of rations, and uh, so they were on the going to be on the trail too of getting after a few other people. They took uh, four mountain howitzers too with a 12 pound yep. shot, so they're ready for for some shit. Yep. Which they, is kind of an uncommon thing during the you know any of the Indian Wars because the idea being you know if you're towing howitzers you're not going to be able to catch the Indians because they're mounted and they move quickly. So when you're towing four mountain howitzers, it pretty much seems like you know that the people that you're going after are not going to be not gonna go ready anywhere. and they're not going to yeah. be trying to go anywhere. Yeah, that's why all these wow. attacks took place like first thing in the morning and you know because a fair fight, you know the Indians are just going to haul ass they had uh faster horses and yeah smaller and they didn't, weren't carrying around a bunch of unnecessary fucking gears sabers and, and fucking yeah so they marched overnight the 35 miles in eight hours the tech occurred at dawn and uh of course one of the women saw the soldiers and well, first well, thought it was a bunch of buffalo hey, okay. that's nice first of all before we get into all that shit we haven't really talked about the composition of shippington's force and the fact that, yeah, we, we kind of hit on it, but yeah, they were like drunk as shit, well, pretty much a bunch of criminals because they, they had to take volunteers, right? And as you were talking about, they were getting close to their 100 day. you know, they were enlisted for 100 days. Yeah, and you're not going to leave the gold fields if you're making money. Yeah, if you're like a reliable, hardworking dude, yeah, you're not going to just go on some wild spree of Indian killing and leave your livelihood behind. So this was pretty much like a bunch of shifty fuckers anyway, and that they were pretty much recruited out of saloons and shit in Denver. Oh, shit. So I was kind of yeah. right. There probably were a couple of uh, psycho fucking- Oh, yeah. Like serial killers mixed into yeah, the- Oh, very likely. Very yeah, likely. For sure. I heard there's going to be vagina hats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well- Spoiler alert. Yeah, well- Oh, And man. once again- here, That's the bigger reveal. Well, here's your final, like I say, warning, warning, Yeah, sorry, warning. sorry. <laughs> shit, shit's about to get pretty fucking <laughs> oh, real. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, just just cry into your whiskey. Uh, attack! Oh, attack! Yes. Uh, so, um, black pedal, uh, black kettle puts up his American flag and white flag to tell the soldiers that they're peaceful. We've talked about that before. Yep. Told his people to stand his ground around around the flag, and uh, they would be mo- safe. Yeah. Oh, so it's so sad. It's so fucked up, man. And you know, most <laughs> of, most of the Braves are out hunting too. So we have that going on. There was a. <clears throat> White trader there named John Smith. Imagine that. Imagine that. Uh, he was sleeping at a camp with his uh, Cheyenne wife. He tried to talk to the shoulders, uh, soldiers, and <laughs> was shoulders. shot at. Sorry. Talk to the soldiers and shot at. He escaped later, and uh, he was one of the few uh, people there that wasn't military to to testify against right. Shivington later. So yeah. Wait, so the one of the only people to escape was a white dude named John Smith? Yep. Jesus Christ. Well, obviously they didn't interview any of the Indians. Yeah. 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 So uh, some s- attacked the prairie from the dry creek bed. Some, and then the soldiers kind of separated the she- uh, Cheyenne from their horses. So basically they were just kind of left to run up the creek. They're up the creek. Uh, and then every time they would kind of charge the Cheyenne Covenant would dig trenches. These are the people that are still alive. Oh yeah, they're digging into the <laughs> digging into the banks of the river. Yeah, and then hiding for protection. And then once they were, you know, got close, they would run and do the same thing again and 
the soldiers uh, had the the high ground and kind of were just shelling them. With well, and they, well, howitzers yeah, too they, and they stuff. brought at least two of the howitzers in. So okay, so picture this: you're attacked in the middle of the fucking night. Oh, also uh, remember when like when they when the order to attack was given, uh, old what's his nuts told his guys to stand down. Uh, old, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Chivington's guys are. Wine, immediately attacking. Yeah, Wine Coop was the guy who held out yeah. the soldiers. And he and Wine Coop was like, This is fucking women and kids and they got a white flag. We're not everybody hold your fucking fire. So it wasn't everybody just doing a absolute melee. But either way, they get they you know they get attacked, they get run out of the village. As Will says, they're chased up the creek and then they're like, you know, out there that the soil's kinda loose, you can actually dig in it pretty effectively with your hands. They would like literally be burrowing into the banks of this creek with their fucking hands to get cover and they'd fight, you know, they'd fire back as well as they could, but then the howitzers would show up and start blowing the shit out of this, and so uh, you'd have to go do it all again. Yeah, and, you know, the, the shells they had were either, you know, solid or just explosive, too, yeah. so. grape shot, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, canister shot. Yeah, so only seven hours of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready to. Pretty much the pursuit and the killing probably stopped just because everybody was tired. He was like, oh, my saber hacking arm is all... <laughs> well, they marched eight hours to get there, right? And yeah. And then attacked as soon as they got there. Well, I mean, that's... The fucking whiskey's wearing off. Well, apparently not, though. No, there's a lot of reports of they were still pretty... A lot of them were pretty drunk, and a lot of the casualties was probably due to uh, friendly fire. Mm-hmm. From just, A, you're riding in a circle around a bunch of Indians and just shooting into the middle of them, and you're going to eventually hit each other. <laughs> and especially if you're fucking hammered. It's like uh, so. Ninja Ninja 3, The Domination. Yeah, the, they're chasing that ninja around on the golf course at the beginning, and there's like fucking 12 cops in a circle, like a 20-foot circle around this ninja, just shooting at it. <laughs> and, it and it's just like, how are none of you fuckers getting killed by <laughs> yeah, yeah. your own goddamn dudes? But When, when did this happen? Was this after this massacre? The, after, ninja? Yeah. the okay. ninja? This, this happened in like 61, right? This is 1864. This is 64. This happened... Uh, uh, Ninja 3, the domination happened in, uh, I think, 84. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 1884. No. 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 Okay. Well, Ninja 1, though, was the spring of 76, so. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <sighs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're saying a lot of numbers here, and none of them are appropriate or accurate <laughs> to anything. I'm just trying to keep my mood light, because I know I'm going to be fucking bummed out. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, should we take a break before we get into the, yes. the tally? Yes. Yeah, let me save the spot yeah. here. I need, I need to get, I need to get some water in my gullet so I can. So I got something to puke up later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Break time. <laughs> All right. Here's another tale of how the West was fucked. 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 Come on down to Liver Eating Johnson's Oregon Trail Restaurant. For the tastiest cuts of flesh. We got cruel liver surprise special every Sunday for $8.99. We got Sioux Hearts for $10.99. We got Cheyenne Pudenda for $11.99. Kids eat free if they're still alive. If not, we'll buy them carcasses. So come on down to Liver Eating Johnson's Oregon Trail Restaurant. Where we spell organ O R G A N. Ah! Fuck. 
Okay, I think we're back and ready to start talking about atrocities here in uh, in uh, in earnest. Yay! Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, the few Braves that were there were sacrificing themselves to uh, you know allow the women and kids to get away. Get, yeah. Uh, well, many, let's say, like, did we say overall numbers? Because we know it's 750 uh, <clears throat> or so uh, cavalry troops. And I think uh, my figures for natives was about actually 70 or so actual combatant age. And, like, what, a couple hundred total? Or not even a couple hundred total, couple, where did I see that? Okay, one of the things is, like, uh, well, Chivington claimed that uh, they killed as many as 500 or 600 Indian warriors. And it's pretty doubtful that there were even that many total people in this encampment. Like, real doubtful. Um, Historians agree more on eh, between 150 and down to, like, 80 is what most... Natives? Yeah. And there's 700 military assholes? Yeah, well, I'm talking about people killed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because Chivington claimed 500 to 600 Indian warriors. Not even just Indians, Indian warriors. There's no fucking way. There wasn't even that many Cheyenne in that area. You know, so, so I mean, after that one uh, village uh, we talked about earlier, they got. I think they said uh, when they destroyed all those lodges, that early raid that kind of was the build up to this. It said uh, they destroyed seventy lodges, which would have been they uh, estimate ten percent of the total housing for the Cheyenne, and that's seventy lodges. So if that's ten percent, we're talking seven hundred lodges in the entire Cheyenne Nation in that area at that time. So, say a family size is three to five people a lodge. So, yeah, yeah, probably five. Five yeah. is good. good so, Shimington's claiming numbers of Indians that don't even fucking exist. Which that, is in that area. It's yeah. a funny. It's a funny. It's it's a it's a funny thing to exaggerate too. It's <clears> like <throat> I kill five hundred people, and then once they say oh, that might have been a bad thing. Oh no. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I wasn't even there. Uh, there was only 50 people. There weren't yeah. any people there at all. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's the problem is, yeah, in a lot of these people's minds, there were no people there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. That's true. <sighs> so uh, many did escape because these guys are drunk and shooting at each other. Most uh, of them did did escape with uh, some holes in them, though. Yeah. Like, and not they, a lot of people got They were later escape. run down by the cavalry. So at least uh, 150 dead Cheyenne, uh, eight cavalry men were shot. Uh, absolutely no prisoners, obviously. So whoever tried to sh- surrender was shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Major Anthony, this is a good story. This is very heartwarming right here. Quote, there's one little child, oh, probably God, three cool. years old, just big enough to walk through the sand. Indians had gone ahead. This little one was left behind, followed after him. The little feller was perfectly naked, traveling in the sand. I saw one man get off his horse at a distance of 75 yards, draw up his rifle and fire. He missed the child. Yay, you're really cheering for the child right now. Go, 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 go. Second man comes down off his horse, does the same thing, and says, Let me try this, some bitch. I can hit him. He missed. And third man gets off his horse. Made a similar remark, and the little feller dropped. So yeah, so this is the Fucking level of uh, this is the level of human decency. Like, no, not not one, not two, but three people decided, ah, let's shoot at this fucking toddler, and nobody was like, hey, what, what are you guys doing? Like, cut it out, it's a fucking you know? baby. Yeah, but that's not the worst of it. Um, uh, oh yeah, 
I like the thing where it's like, you know, before they left the area, of course, as Will was saying, they plundered the teepees, took the horses. Um, and then uh, Shimpton's men went into killing many of the wounded. Uh, they were scalping people, uh, regardless of age or, you know, you know, combatant status. So women, women, children, and even infants. Uh, Chimington and his men dressed their weapons, hats, and gear with scalps, so they're hanging these scalps all over their shit. That's just fucking gross, dude. Yeah, well, and other body parts, including human fetuses, male and female genitalia. Um, there's actually some reports of them taking severed female genitalia and stretching around their saddle horns, and even in some cases, kind of wearing them over the hats, like a hat band. So they're dismembering these corpses, cutting out, like, vulvas, and then stretching them... So they fit around their head. That's some psycho shit, dude. No shit. So when you were talking about serial killer, like yeah. I said, there's some full-on Ed Gein shit happening here. That's some fucked up psycho shit, dude. And once again, I got we got to reiterate that what was Shivington's original job? Preacher. Yes. <laughs> Let uh, that sink. You. Ready to give up on you, life? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's next? We, we, uh, we've missed the uh, the. The number one John Shivington quote, though, was that he said that nits oh, it, make lives. Yeah, oh, nits yeah. make lives. Oh, yeah, that's Which one that you said before, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, that was one of his more famous quotes, so it well, was uh, definitely take take no prisoners, women and children. Well, you know, do you have access to that full quote right now, Andy, because it's uh, the preamble to I that. do. Okay, hit, hit us up. Damn any man who sympathizes with Indians. I have come to kill Indians and believe it is right and honorable to use any mean means under God's heaven to kill Indians. Kill and scalp them all, big and little, nits make lice. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ. So this is some full-on, like, genocidal and, I mean, yeah, just Psychotic. straight cannibal yeah. fucking holocaust shit. Yeah. You know? All right, so. Uh, yay. Uh, Chief Left Hand was shot with his arms folded, saying uh, before, white men are my friends. No. <laughs> uh, Black Kettle did get away. Um, and, oh, oh, the next day they did find one little boy left alive uh-huh. and a major blew off the top of his head. There's all yeah. sorts of stories like there that. There was another one, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was heard about like one they, they grabbed, like they found like an infant, stuck him in a saddlebag and just rode him away from the camp and then just left him just to get him out of the camp in case somebody came back looking for survivors. They're just not going to find him there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just weird, like just unnecessarily, but well, I mean, that's an understatement unnecessarily cruel and just kind of viciously you know, like thought yeah. out like you know like how, how okay how can we make this even more inhumane even more fucked and fucked up, up? And gross. Yeah. yeah no that's the thing it's like like so they sat down like hey this would be a good idea let's stretch a fucking vagina over my head yeah yeah that we've cut off out of someone yeah like that's it's beyond that yeah, 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 yeah I don't have any fucking words for that <sighs> so um, <sighs> oh yeah Black Kettle got away yeah and Eventually, kind of met up with another band and um, were fed. Yep. Uh, Shivington uh, telegraphs uh, General Curtis, claiming that he killed Black Kettle and you know the five hundred warriors. Yeah. Um, he did claim to find a fresh white scalp in one of the lodges to justify his attack, but that's just covering his ass. Yeah. Uh, they did go to the Arkansas River to try to find more. Uh, fortunately, the Rapparo there left, so they all went back to Fort Lyon, and that was that. And when uh, Shivington was back there, he was overheard to say that they would give him a star on his shoulder for this. Yep. Well, and also, Holy shit, it's dude. not like they uh, they did their fucking apocalypse now shit with their scalps and everything, and just like, oh, these are starting to smell, you know, 
let's leave them in the field. No, they proudly wore all this shit back to like Denver. Yep, they brought back uh, showing it off in saloons. Hundred scalps. <laughs> yeah, man, fuck Colorado. It's gotta, be, it's gotta just be rank, man. Yeah, like, well, so fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, publicly display these battle trophies in Denver's Apollo Theater and the area saloons. So they not just scalps; they brought their cut off dicks. Uh, there was one, uh, uh, one of the uh, like somebody cut off somebody's scrotum to make it into a tobacco pouch. Mm-hmm. It was like, in fact, it might have been a uh, left hand's mm. scrotum. It was, I think, it was it was somebody's because they were a known. Yeah. <sighs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, That's sorry. like. Just white people just say you're sorry. Yeah, yeah. Just to anybody oh. in particular. Um, Captain Sewell, Silas Sewell, he was the guy who told his guys not to attack. Yeah. Um, his excuse that he gave was to, at least to Anthony, so he wouldn't get in trouble. He didn't want his guys caught in the crossfire. Uh, two weeks after the uh, the massacre, he was the guy who wrote to, to Wincoop expressing his concern about the whole situation. And kind of through abolitionist uh, circles and channels, the story kind of made it back east from there. And then after that, the Senate and the military, actually the military had two different uh, investigations into that. And then the papers started calling out Chevington, especially back east, not so much Denver at all, where he was still basically a hero. Um, The investigation was kind of tough since the 100 or so volunteers kind of returned to civilian life. Uh, Major Anthony resigned in January, uh, Shivington in February. So it only took a couple of months for them to be drum out of the military anyway. Uh, Sewell testified against Shivington, saying that he knew full well that he attacked Peacefuls. Uh, so there were at least a few people that thought this was a fucked up thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is one of the few that, things. Wow, that were not complete and utter sociopathic fucking... <sighs> Yeah, uh, saying that he was attacking the friendlies. Um, uh, Anthony said he, they were only pretending to be friendly until they got enough arms to, to fight. Uh-huh. Um, he told the uh, natives with their hands up, begging not to be shot, women and children scalp. Um, officers just stand by with, you know, not doing anything to stop it. Um, they really didn't give up a lot of names of the guys who stole property. They didn't want to really basically want to give each other up was the other fucked up thing too um during that uh, one of the investigations uh he was cross-examined by shivington too um told him that many officers there at fort Lyon thought he should be prosecuted that um sewell was nice enough to tell shivington that uh sewell was questioned for six days so you think they could wrap this up in about 10 minutes or so yeah. but yeah uh, next up was Lieutenant Joseph Kramer, uh, who told of Shivington ordering him to burn the camp and kill any prisoners. Uh, next witness up was Jim Beckworth, who is kind of a legendary dude. And he was actually the their, basically their guide to Sand Creek. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, Beckworth's like one of these mountain men types, like a Kit Carson or a, a what's his fuck? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, the main... Dude. Bridger. Yes, Jim Bridger. <laughs> It, yeah, they're all part of Ashley's 100 there. Yeah. So uh, He was a mixed uh, mixed race former slave. Um, he said at least two-thirds of them are, were women and children. Um, weak and babies and 80-year-old women were scalped. And uh, he saw Chief Wynatelope run up and then, you know, tell him, stop, stop, and he was shot dead. 
Shivington got to cross-examine all these people, too. Um, he insinuated that Beckworth's testimony was invalid since he was not white and born a slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though, you know, what... what uh, well, let's just keep coming. Let's also remember that Shivington previously had been an abolitionist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Uh, yeah, it's pretty I wonder, strange. I wonder yeah. why. I wonder why he. What made him an abolitionist? Who knows? Like it and was then just the fucking cool one eighty to do. I guess. Yeah. No, I think it was just that there was separate thoughts on it. Like you could be one and and not the other. You know, like like right. the Oregon could be anti-slavery, and but not look at those people as human beings. Apparently, as human. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. Oregon outlawed uh, slavery, but said no black people could live here. That's right. Oregon <laughs> was originally founded as like a, a white state, right? Yep. A whites only state. Fucking crazy. Crazy shit. Um, so afterward, uh, Shivington was heard on bragging on killing five to six hundred Cheyenne, and that was the largest battle with Indians to that point. Win Coop, in his report, called Shivington an inhuman monster who committed yep. an unprecedented atrocity. Let's see. Is this the. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm reading one from uh, uh, Lieutenant uh, oh. uh, James Cannon also, his some of his testimony. Uh, did you get that guy? Uh, no, not yet. Hit us with that. Okay. Uh, well, after after Wincoop, uh, it was Lieutenant James D. Cannon, um, describes the mutilation of human genitalia by the soldiers. Quote, men, women, and children's privates cut out. I heard one man say that he cut, had cut a woman's private parts out and had them for exhibition on a stick. I heard of one instance of a child a few months old being thrown into the feed box of a wagon and after being carried some distance, left on the ground to perish. I also heard of numerous instances in which men had cut out the private parts of females and stretched them over saddle bows and some of them over their hats. So that's... Uh, the part I was talking about before, yeah. that's where I got the information is from that testimony right. from that lieutenant. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Shivington also tried to say that the bodies were mutilated by dogs or wolves. <laughs> Probably because mm. some of his guys were like chewing on them because yeah. I wouldn't be fucking surprised. And uh, then after that, the commission returned to Denver and uh, got going back again on April 20th. So it takes about a half a year to figure all this shit out. Um, Shevington tried to call witnesses, uh, kind of on his side saying that he was the victim and that there was a conspiracy against him. Such as, uh, oh, wow. such as private Irving Hobart. Do you got anything about him? Uh, no, hit us with that. Uh, he was one of the ones that came to Shevington's defense and, uh, he's claimed that, uh, the Indian women and children were not attacked. Though a few who did not leave camp were killed once the fighting began. He insisted that the number of warriors in the village was equal to the force of the Colorado Cavalry. Which is pretty much numerically impossible. Uh, Chimington claimed Halbert was retaliating for Indian attacks on wagon trains and settlements in Colorado and for the torture and killings of citizens during the preceding three years. Um, he said that they found evidence of previous attacks on the settlers when they were going through all their stuff. More than a dozen scalps of white people, some of them from the heads of women and children. So that I'll always love that. Like Just because somebody does something, it makes it okay for you to do it. That, yeah, that kind of fucking justification. Oh yeah, that well, shit doesn't fly, man. Yeah, well, and in your head, it's a bad thing that they did, right? So yeah. you get to go do that bad thing. It's like, well, I'll show fuck you. you, fuck me, <laughs> fuck you. You know, like yeah, 
but either way, and he also, uh, Matt Halbert, claimed that the account of the battle to U.S. Congress made by Lieutenant Colonel Samuel F. Tappan was inaccurate, accusing Tappan of giving false view of the battle because Tappan and Chivington had been military rivals. So there's a little water boy for Chivington. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so back in D.C., there have, Congress was having their own hearings, too. Uh, Shivington was back in Denver, so he gave written reports. Um, he denied seeing no dead women or children <laughs> and that the Indians were hostile. And he kind of gave the uh, whole uh, Nuremberg defense that he was just following orders. Yeah, just testified that Evans didn't want to make peace since he was just granted the, uh, the third uh, regiment of volunteers. And now, what the hell was he supposed to do with them? Now they well, got him. Well, that's the thing. Is the same problem where you know that always, up. always crops up with uh, when we give modern law enforcement shit like MRAPs and M16s and all. You know, if you hand somebody a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. You know. Yep. Or if you hand somebody a butt plug, everybody looks like an asshole. Sure. Exactly. You know that old saying. (laughs) That old chestnut. That's what my grandpappy said. And of course, the Rocky Mountain Rocky Mountain News there in Denver was railing against Congress in their investigation. Uh, The New York Tribune called it the most brutal and fiendish attack on the Native Americans. Uh, no Indians were ever called as witnesses. No r- charges were ever brought up against Shivington. Yay. Uh, Yay. So justice, not. Not. No. Do, you think, do you think he ever, like I was thinking about Shivington, do you think he ever had that moment, you know, later in his life where he was like, damn, maybe maybe I fucked that up. I doubt it. He nope. doesn't seem like the kind of guy doesn't that, seem like that the spent kind of a lot of time not reflecting on past uh, d- indiscretions. Not at but all. This was, but this was his final military endeavor, right. correct? He well, was. and then, then he was pretty much fucked, too, because he went back east and started to try to run for Congress, and it was immediately like, no, yeah, fucking no. war aren't criminal, you, what the fuck are you doing? Aren't you the guy that killed everybody? But what I compare that to on a much smaller scale is, like, fuckheads like Roy Moore. It's like, just stop, a hey, child molester, <laughs> stop fucking running for Congress. Nobody wants right. you, you know? But Shivington... Do we, do we like, know what happened to... Do we know what happened to Shivington... After that, did he did he die destitute and lonely, oh, or did he just kinda? Did he go on? Did he go on a speaking tour? Uh, <laughs> he definitely remained unrepentant the rest of his life. He died in 1894. He did remain kind of popular in uh, Colorado, though his political career was over. Obviously, they even named a town after him. Yep, that turned his now is a ghost town. Now is a ghost town, and it's yes. only like 15 miles away from the site. Uh, oh, wow. this is whoa, the, whoa. This is... They, a town 15 miles from where that shit happened. Yeah. Yep. It was named after him. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Um, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> I'm reading about it now. It says to the end of his life, Shivington maintained Sand Creek had been a successful operation. Yep. And it was in response to the raids. So yeah, he didn't, he didn't repent on that one. Not at all. Well, yeah, when you kill absolutely everybody, I guess that's a military victory. It's successful. It doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's right or yeah. good. Uh, this is the best part here. Um, so he married his dead son's widow. Oh yeah, what the who yeah. Divorced, he divorced uh, his oh, son uh, four yeah. years earlier for non-support. Yeah, well, and then didn't he also his son? He like married the widow and then also non-supported her. Uh, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
He's such a peach. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, he did end up going back to Denver, was a deputy sheriff before he died from cancer. I, I guess, I don't know what kind of cancer. I think that his whole body was cancer. Cancer yeah. of the testicle. He was a human <laughs> cancer. Cancer of the heart. Uh, I had to get a Care Bear moment in there. <laughs> fucking, can you imagine that, though? You're in this some fucking town, and that motherfucker is your sheriff? Oh, dude. Holy shit. That's some... And oh. he's and he's older and crankier yeah. than he even was. And, you know... Maybe not- he was the guy who killed uh, Els Wernger in there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Governor Evans was asked to stop, uh, step down by President Andrew Johnson, who is an asshole himself. But he did... Remained popular in Colorado, too, until his death in 97. The uh, hero of it, Captain Silas Sewell. Oh, yeah. Was assassinated two weeks uh, or two months after giving testimony. Yeah. Wow. Uh, They probably thought Shivington's supporters were the killers. They were never identified. 2010. probably Shivington. uh, Well, I think Shivington probably is doing more more of a shot caller, string puller, you know. Oh, delegator. Especially since uh, he's the one under scrutiny. Right, right. You know. So uh, Ben Hyman in uh, 2010, the Colorado Historic Society put up a plaque on 15th and Arapahoe in Denver. So I'll have to go visit that the next time we're there. (laughs) And let's see... uh, Oh, is this an appropriate time to read the uh, the Kit Carson quote? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, yeah. as as like last week we covered Kit Carson, and you know he was in, he knew Shivington through the uh, the mule stabbery mm-hmm. uh, supply cr- train cutting thing. So, but he, Kit Carson, as far as I know, was not anywhere around Sand Creek when this happened. He had been no. Okay, so either which way, I'm going to try to do this phonetically the way it's spelled out. Yeah, so, he was <laughs> unintentionally he, killing the Navajo. Yeah, yeah, he was off. Yeah, he was off. Committing different atrocities to yeah. an entirely different nation of indigenous people. <gasps> I love the ma- the mountain man fucking spelling bee, dude. Oh god! <laughs> so, jis. It's creative. Well, yeah. the first word is jis. It, it, it means just, but it's J I S. So, just to think of that dog Shivington and his dirty hounds up bar at Sand Creek. His men shot down squaws and blew out the brains of little innocent children. You call sit soldiers Christians, do ye? And Indian savages? Well, what do you suppose your heavenly father who made both them and us think of these things? I'll tell you what. I don't like a hostile redskin any more than you do. And when they're hostile, I've fought them as hard as any man. But I never yet drew a bead on a squaw or a papoose, and I despise the man who would. Kit Carson. Slow clap. Acting! Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Thanks for that reenactment. Yeah. He, he, raised, he raises a good question. Yeah. Why, God, why? <laughs> uh Wynn Coop was made Indian agent in uh, 66, uh, overseeing the Southern Cheyenne. Uh, he made another moral stand by resigning his post after the uh, attack on the Cheyenne at the Washita in 1868, where Black Kittle was killed. And guess who made uh, that attack? George Armstrong Custer. Piece of shit number two. And there's a little parallels there because he attacked at dawn and killed uh, women and children, and uh, I guess he got away with it. Hey, man, really, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah. But uh, he kind of made his uh, name as an Indian fighter after that. Yeah. Fighter in heavy, heavy quotation marks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so the uh, Cheyenne and Rapero campaigned to get the site to be a national historic site. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, made sure it wasn't uh, it was listed as a massacre, not a battle. Yes, definitely was not a battle. Yeah, no. Yeah. But yeah, I guess they had a kind of a hard time pinning down where it actually happened. They had to go off of like stories from people that were there that were handed down. But I think they they figured they got it close. I can't remember how they figured that, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah, if you kind of look at the geography, I guess, and well, or they dig up all the bones, bones and bullet, bullet casings. Case, yeah, I'd say that would be probably a, a more likely. Yeah. Way. And also that that uh, that monument is not far from the towns of Shivington, which no longer exists, and the town of Kit Carson, which is up on the highway there, just north of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of shit's named after Carson. We didn't quite get into that Carson City, Nevada, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Late Night with Johnny Johnny Carson. Carson. Yep, yep. That show is named after him. Uh, mm-hmm. Carson Daly. Yep. Well, Kit is is a shorter version of Johnny Knight Rider. Yep. Mm-hmm. In- inventor <laughs> of the Kit Cat. Yep. Kit Cats. Yep. yep. Break me off a piece of that applesauce, football cream, atrocity. <laughs> Break me off a piece of that stretched out pundenda. Oh god, uh-huh. man! I feel like you, you know that you know that scene in in uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective when he like puts a plunger in his own face and then lights his clothes on fire and gets in a shower and crying. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how I feel right now. Yep. yep. Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn. Gotta yeah. take a rape shower. Yeah. Woof. So I guess Sorry, that's about folks. it. Uh, we already discussed the statue in front of the Capitol, right? Yeah. That's just a Facebook asshole saying that. Well, and not, somebody pointed Not doing three seconds worth of homework on it. Well, and somebody pointed out, it was like, you know, that's not Shivington, right? He's like, oh, oh, well, then can we just get at least Shivington's name taken off that plaque? He's like, well. No, because he did participate in the battle for the Union Army against the Confederates. Yeah, and like years before, they put up a plaque explaining the Sand Creek massacre as a massacre, not a battle. Yeah. Because they had had it listed as a battle before then. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I think this is probably the, the most... Sigh. The most kind of depressing one I think we've done as of yet, I think. Yeah, I want to go back to the VD one. That was awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, you know, it'll it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. We could still give you VD, don't Sometimes worry. it'll be drippy Thanks. dicks and diarrhea-soaked horses. And then sometimes it'll be genital mutilation. And, and shooting toddlers. Yeah, and shooting toddlers and... Don't um, do not eat that kielbasa. In front oh of my man. god! God damn it! Uh, every all right. Thank you for listening. Let's cue that hail of gunfire. Let's yeah. shoot ourselves. Yeah, yeah. If you're a pansy ass, we got social media at HTWWF Podcast across all platforms, you motherfuckers. But we are also Luddite Cowboys, so send your hate mail to Box 4001, South Kobe, Washington, 98384. Fuck you very much.
Mm-hmm.